0: Hello and welcome to episode 140 of NCP. I'm your host David, and we'll be the NCP crew, the original crew, the original flavour. Richard,
1: yay! What's wrong with your voice? It's <laughs> <I laughs> finally broke. <laughs> I have a slight cold. That's right. After all these years, <laughs> I've suddenly got a deep, resonating voice. Luke, we're all going to be replaced at the end of the episode anyway. We know that, so that's know. true.
2: Ushering in the new Ushering in the new age, you know, phase three of um, of the
0: nerd culture podcast. It's like uh, the new Coke. It's like uh, it's an NCP life.
1: Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right. we'll get replaced, but there'll be such like a uproar about it. I like
0: but. how one of, it, one of their players—I don't know which one it is—but one, one's advertised as zero zero sugar, and the other one's got <laughs> the other one's called sugar free. It's like well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Coke <laughs> Life. I think like the same thing. Yeah, Coke Life. Mm. Yeah, it's hilarious. Anyway, and Crystal.
3: Yay! Hello. <laughs>
0: the most important member of the team.
3: I thought you were going to go with recasting in TV. <laughs> no, no, I would. I would redo that.
0: <laughs> that recasting thing was awesome. <laughs> but, uh, as we are, we are for referencing the, the last episode where we recast the Avengers, and uh, I've uh, discussed it with this crew, the original flavour crew, <laughs> and uh, they're excited about doing it as well. So we're going yeah. to do. Uh, we're going to recast the Lord of the Rings films. In a future episode For this episode We have uh, A return to the Old school flavor Of review We haven't done it For a while So I thought we'd do a Group review And no better film To do it on Than Avengers Age of Ultron The ultimate group For the ultimate film
3: For the ultimate review
0: We didn't. We didn't practice that. That was off the cuff. <laughs> if
3: we had practiced it, it
0: would have fallen down. <laughs> <not> have <laughs> <anything>. <laughs> um, and uh, so, and then continuing that theme, we're also going to do a second group review. So, we haven't done it for so long. I wanted to do two in one episode. But uh, we're going to do a group review on the Daredevil TV show.
3: Yes, that's right. We're all speaking to each other again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> see, why, see why, because it's not video. What you don't know is we actually don't sit in the same room when we're recording the show. <laughs> there's, there's so much hatred between the, the old school crew that uh, we actually record in, in separate areas it's, and it's then a, I just edit it together.
1: Yeah, I actually um, I don't even I'm not even doing this on the same day as the others. Like, <laughs> yeah. I just come in and respond to their comments at the last minute.
2: ADR. Respond to the comments. All my comments are just, you know, the automated responses that I. Yeah, you're just you're just a
1: soundboard. Yeah, Luke, Luke, <laughs> yeah. Luke, Luke, Luke doesn't actually exist at all. There is no actual <laughs> Luke. we just, we're just the, recorded clips from the early minutes. show when we
0: liked each other, and I just I just repeat them. I knew what you were all going to say to that, which is why all my responses are calculated at the precise moments that they are exactly. <laughs> Continuing the review theme, we're also going to have. I'm going to do a review on the comic cannons in the clouds we got uh, all review all the time. It's like an all male review. Although well, there's a girl here. So, that's not really weird.
2: so it's not like an all male
3: review. <laughs> no, so it's not like that at all. I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs>
0: Watch Magic Mike, I think you'll get the idea. <laughs> so let's start off with uh, our group review of Avengers Age of Ultron. We may be a little rusty because it's been a while since we're doing it. So essentially, I'm basically just going to ignore everything that Richo says and just have us three talking.
1: Is that cool? that's fair enough my solo review would make you look bad anyway all right fair enough (laughs) you can feel the love feel the love of the room you need me in this review I do
0: I do I need you in the review and in my life Aww. aww
1: that's beautiful man it's the end the end of the path I started us on nothing lasts forever
0: Avengers Age of Ultron, stars all the other people from the other Avengers films, directed by Joss Whedon. I'm not going to go through them all because there's too many.
3: You know who they are.
0: Surely you know who they are by now. <laughs> it, uh, so it's the, the follow-up uh, from the first Avengers film, obviously, uh, and uh, continue wins the Marvel Cinematic Universe domination of the cinema screens was uh, also following on from you know things like Captain America 2. That's what I was just about to say. Yeah, so it's following the storyline, and uh, it involves t- essentially Tony Stark is a bit concerned about uh, the the alien invasion has affected him terribly, and uh, so he's not the, the most powerful thing in the universe. He's discovered to his horror, and uh, he's worried that the Earth's going to be destroyed, and so he just des- uh, decides to create a peacekeeping robot force. Uh, called the Iron Legion, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, so, so, in in, effort, in the efforts to it. aid uh, aid the world and the Avengers, uh, while they try and track down the scepter and and defeat Hydra and all that sort of stuff after the events of uh, Captain America Two, but then uh, they come across uh, our two new enhanced people, the, uh, the Scarlet Witch, or as she's not referred to in the film. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. Crystal wanted me to point that out. She's not referred to as a Scarlet Witch in the film.
1: But
0: uh Wanda Maximov and uh and her brother. Anyway, so they meet the they meet the twins and uh one of Wanda's pals is uh the ability to sort of influence minds and uh so she makes him even more paranoid than he was before. And so he decides that he needs to instigate the Ultron project and things go horribly wrong. that's all I'm willing to reveal. I don't want to reveal any spoilers. That's not spoiled to say things go horribly wrong, otherwise it wouldn't be a film. <laughs> <laughs> that's essentially comics and movies in the in general. So yeah, so it's uh, and, that's and all a very basic... ab-
3: ever after from that point on. <laughs> so yeah, he
0: creates Ultron and There's he peace saves on the world earth. and peace on earth.
3: End <laughs> <In> credits. <laughs> it's a fifteen <15-meter> minute film. <laughs> it's
0: just Winning Film, it's not fifteen
1: minutes. I think you should mention the new the new actors. Correct, we should? Yeah, yeah, because because they're you've said all oh, the regulars, but these are new people like so Elizabeth yeah. Olsen and uh
3: the original, the original <laughs> flavored cast, plus. Original flavored cast, I like it. <laughs> Alright, well,
0: it's, it, since it's a group review, group consensus, is that I reveal some of the casts. So, like I said, there's the, the ones that we all know and love. Robert Downey Jr. is Tony, Chris Hemsworth as Thor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mark <laughs> Ruffalo is Bruce Banner, Slash Hole, Chris Evans as Steve Rogers, Captain America, Scarlett Johansson as Natasha Romanoff, Jeremy Renner as Clint Barton. Uh, and Samuel L. Jackson, and what's Maria Hill? Kobe Smolders managed to show up. Uh, Jarvis, who has a much bigger role in this film, Paul Bettany. Do you reckon? I, I, I don't want to give them that much credit, but do you reckon when they first cast Paul Bettany as Jarvis, and they eventually realised that it would get to this point? Do you reckon?
1: I actually asked the same question to Luke earlier today. Because um, if they didn't, it's it, a brilliant coincidence. Look, if they did, it was absolutely inspired long-term yeah. planning. Because I thought he was excellent. Whoever made that decision, yeah. you're a
0: champion.
1: And if yeah, and if it wasn't, then my God, how lucky were they to get that right?
0: Because you couldn't go wrong either way. I mean, his voice mm. is awesome. Yeah. So for Jarvis, yeah. awesome. And then the fact the, that he then gets to act. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. brilliant stuff. Brilliant stuff. Um, yeah. And uh, so yeah. So some of the newbies. And some, of the, and some of the returning cast. You've got uh, Anthony Mackie as uh, Sam Wilson the Falcon. Makes a reappearance, which is awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty happy about
1: that. I actually like to be Captain America too. He's awesome. Yeah. Uh,
0: Don Cheadle shows up as uh, War Machine with some classic lines. Boom! <laughs> there it is. Is this what you're looking
2: for? <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome. Uh, and you had uh, the, to make it weird. <laughs> the twins, uh, the, the twins uh, Wanda and, and uh, Pietro, uh, Elizabeth Olsen and Aaron Taylor-Johnson. Who, uh,
1: who were
3: husband and wife uh, yeah. in Godzilla? <laughs> <laughs> I this
0: wanted somebody is, to mention it. This is the
3: thing with acting; <laughs> they're pretending. And on that subject of and, acting, uh, it's, a,
2: it's a good thing that Aaron Taylor Johnson doesn't get a lot of lines <laughs> in this film. He's not very good, is
1: he? he, um, he, I, he I, I thought he did. I thought he was perfectly uh, reasonable in this. He's perfectly reasonable. Yeah. Um, what a response! However, yeah. oh, Elizabeth Olsen is much better.
0: No, she's terrible.
1: No terrible i completely disagree well there you
0: go
1: <laughs> except except that a couple of times she loses her accent um yeah. <laughs> when, when she's getting incredibly emotional her accent kind of slips a little bit but has got constipated
0: that, face acting that's all it is smell the fart acting oh i'd ask you God. to
1: define that a little bit better but it's i'm not sure re- i really want a, to know it's, the it's answer. a friends reference
0: yeah it's joey's acting style
1: i don't watch friends well then get out so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, last but certainly not least uh, Mr. James Spader as the voice of Ultron um, All right. which is just uh, music to the ears <laughs> it's it's casting. inspired inspired casting <laughs> brilliant stuff
3: yeah. but I'll just point out that, that yes um, we're continuing the theme we started in the last episode it is raining in the <laughs> background
1: again it's,
0: no, it's nowhere near as heavy as it was last one it was so bad in the last episode that it actually drowned our voices out. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And we had to stop, and I was like, what the hell is this? But it was like hails <laughs> and stuff. So it's not quite as bad, but there you go. All right. We're in nature. But anyway,
1: thoughts? Um, well, first of all, um, this movie introduces my absolute two favourite... First of all, my two favourite Avengers characters, but more importantly, my two favourite Marvel characters in The Scarlet Witch and The Vision. And I was a little bit concerned, since they are my two favourite characters, I was a little bit concerned about how they would be introduced into into the film and, um, you know, to the universe and everything. And um, I have to give them credit. I actually think they did well with both of them, Um, especially The Vision. Um, I thought The Vision was fantastic in this, and Paul Bettany just, as we said earlier, just inspired. Like, whether it was part of the plan or not, I I absolutely loved his depiction of The Vision. It was just spot on. Um, And I thought Elizabeth Olsen was quite good. Um, and quite creepy, which was nice, um, with, what, with what she had to work with, which wasn't a huge amount in this film. But she certainly stood out a lot more than Quicksilver did. So, um, so first of all, points to them for that, for introducing my two favourite characters in a way that I actually liked and that I thought worked really well. Secondly, I really enjoyed the bigger picture aspect of this. Um, Which has been spread across most of the films, you know, the introduction of the the Infinity Gems and and the way they've just been building and building and building to obviously the arrival of Thanos in Avengers 3 and 4. But I I like the shared universe approach. And overall, I I really enjoyed this story. I was very entertained by it. Um, There are probably a couple of issues I have with pacing, much like uh, with the first Avengers film. This film, it, it starts at an absolute breakneck pace. Like, it just... You're thrown straight into the middle of a battle and then it just continues to move at that pace um, until it hits a point where they have to go to a farm and then the film just stops. You know? um, much, much like in the first movie where they get onto the shield carrier and just kind of waiting for things to happen again. Um... This instance was a little bit better than in the first film because' they're, they're actually developing character whilst they're whilst they're on the farm and build, building up the relationships between the characters quite well um, and then it just jumps straight into breakneck pace again and and that those breakneck pace periods go for quite some time with and I think it would have been nice to sort of you know maybe break those those crazy periods up a little bit um, rather than just going all out.
3: I don't I don't think it just stops when it hits the farm and I actually think it's kind of a welcome relief after the 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 fast pace. And mm. I think hitting the farm is it's just a, a nice way to sort of relax a little bit. It's like a little bit of a, 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 a an interlude in the middle of the film. An intermission. An
0: intermission. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not yeah,
1: yeah. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just thinking that maybe a couple of quieter moments in those crazy periods of the film, like the first hour and the last hour. Just to give you a bit of a breather, might have worked I felt as well. There
3: were a lot of actiony action sequences just for the sake of actiony action.
1: There was a bit yeah. of that,
3: yeah, fair um, enough. I mean, I, I needed to go to the toilet for the entire
0: film, and uh, the farm sequels was the only time where I thought, yeah, I could probably sneak off at this point, <laughs> but I didn't because <laughs> we were sitting in an audience where it felt like everyone
2: was going to the. Toilet every
0: ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, actually quite, wine glasses I, I quite handy. liked it. I quite liked our audience. I mean, there was a guy sitting in our row who was just absolutely in love of every single thing that happened on the screen. Was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he was got an orgasm. I, I don't know. It was, it was, but it, it, but it, was, it was, was in a, it was a
1: non-intrusive way. Mm. Like, he really was
0: really excited. Mm. And, and, it was uh, and that was good. It enhances the experience. Mm.
1: <laughs> and the film was certainly geared... In that way, yeah. um, and and I must admit, there are a few moments where I absolutely like, marked out over things, especially in relation to my favourite characters. There's um, a... There's a there's I was a, watching, well,
2: watching Richo when he when the Scarlet Witch was on and doing <laughs> her big stuff at the end. He, stuff, was up, so. he was tearing up. <laughs> no, he it was tearing up. He was
1: tearing up, the the yeah. way. When, when she actually has her confrontation with Ultron on the yeah. train, without spoiling it, that moment for me, I was just like,
0: hell yeah! That's what I want to see. There's one, one, as a gift, a gift that I quite like, which is a scene from Parks and Recreation with uh, Chris Pat's character, where he, said, like, he turns to the camera and he's like... <gasps> <laughs> I, was like, I just shook a look I shook it in his face I did that twice <laughs> during the film um, I don't want to give I don't want to give it away in the time, two times they did it because they're both sort of like big moments I'm sorry Star Wars on Earth? <laughs> Stop it Yeah he's
2: he's, he's fighting the dinosaurs <laughs> No no that's, that's not he's not that's not Star Wars fighting the dinosaurs that's Andy letting that's Andy making a mistake and being left in charge of
0: Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> he's the only one who knows what he's doing. Anyway, um, yeah, so yeah, like, like I don't want to actually mention because I don't want to do spoiler or anything like that. So I won't actually mention this very specific scene. But there's, but there's, there's like there's quite a lot of build up to like there's there's sequence that that was released in um, sort of. I get, get there was a lot of this film that was released before the film came out, and one of the particular scenes was the was the party scene where they're trying to lift the hammer. That then has a payoff towards the end of the film where I was yeah. just like... <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, my
2: God. But the nice, thing, the nice thing about that scene was that it's a chance to see the event... Because we've seen them um, massacring Hydra before that as a team. In a, you know, And one of the nice things that they do in both this film and in the last film is actually seeing the team work together well in yeah. action sequences. But the nice thing about the, the picking up the hammer scene, whilst it is a bit of um, machismo, it, you're seeing the team actually sort of bond without
0: needing battles. Yeah. It's and that you need to see some of the bonds before Civil War happens. Yeah. Later on down the track. Um, but which was, they, sort of, they plant some seeds for here. You know, just yeah. a
2: nice moment where you're seeing them actually all enjoying being in each other's company rather than showing up for the fight scenes and then going their, their separate ways. Seeing yeah. what the Avengers are at, are at the core of a group of friends. Hmm. Um, and I, that, I really like that scene. It's, it's yeah, funny to it's see cool. everyone give it their best shot and then Thor look a bit worried when... It slightly budges when Captain America <laughs> yeah, moves it. look at his face. And that—that that mm, was I a don't nice know if moment. We should
3: have said that. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if we should have said that. It's in the trailers
0: at the
1: start. yeah. Oh, it's, okay. a, it's been an all. The okay, I'm going to be. I'm going to be
0: very careful with with not revealing anything, but that's okay. it. It's in the pre
1: stuff. I actually do want to bring up Captain America for a moment mm. here. Chris Evans, when he was first cast, I wasn't really quite sure how he'd be as Cap, um, and little by little he's gotten better and better as as he's sort of grown into the character. Um, And certainly Captain America 2 I thought he he really sort of came into his own In that film as Cap And he's carried that really nicely across into this movie Um, Especially there's a point before they go into the final battle There's a point where he makes the inspirational speech And he's not over the top about it It's not Braveheart kind of you know Get up in front of everybody and puff your chest down and everything But he makes a speech and he plans the strategy for the team And he does all that stuff you like to see Cap do yeah, that I I I was really impressed by that moment because that's a, such a cap moment and it's the moment that I that was kinda of not really there in the first film. Sure. That you know, that this is the guy that can bring all of these people together. Um so yeah, points to first of all to Josh Whedon's writing in that regard, but also to Chris Evans for having just really grown into that role really nicely.
0: Well, mentioning Josh Whedon, it is it is very much a Josh Whedon film, uh, for good and bad. Um it's got some of those typical Joss Whedon camera shots that just don't make any sense. Um, <laughs> especially know, at the start, the opening know. battle sequence, it's got some shots of battle- Black Widow that I'm like what is going on here? It's just like like the first Avengers film, uh, for example, when Nick Fury first arrives at the at the facility. Yeah, got... uh, there was, there was a couple of more sort of similar sort of things like that, I but not a lot.
3: I don't I didn't notice any weird angles, so from an untrained eye perspective, uh, the weird angles actually didn't jump out. And, yeah. And look media, okay.
0: Media schools ruined films. For me, uh, you know, but uh, but then, but then on the plus side, you've know, got the Joss Whedon wit, mm. like this film is hilarious in places, yep. and uh, and sometimes in a cheesy way, but in a nice cheese, mm. a nice, nice subtle cheese, not like a horrible, fragrant cheese. Yeah.
1: And those moments, the one of the things I really like about Whedon as a writer is those moments, yes, they're funny and they can be kind of cheesy and everything, but they're always informing the characters like they're always showing you a side of the character that you might not have seen or yeah. you know showing the the relationship between two characters or between a group as with the with the hammer scene it's, it's it's always about making sure that the character is present in those scenes and that they're not just thrown in so that you can yeah. have a laugh my
0: favorites my favorites were warhammers attempt to be funny um war machines sorry war, yeah. war machines attempt to be funny how it's it just and it's not funny the first time it does it it's clearly not funny but then they, it pays off when he tries to it again which is hilarious. Yeah. um and of course the hammer sequence uh, yeah. the, the hammer the hammer payoff is just it just blew my mind yeah. i was like this yeah. it, was a, it was one of the most exciting things that i saw <laughs> the um, sitting in the audience
2: when um the second mom, second pickup of the hammer happens you know they were quite as in Later on in this in the film, yeah. um, there were quite audible gasps from the audience. Yeah. yeah, who actually, even though it was kind of telegraphed, still didn't
0: pick
3: up. Oh, yeah, it was it was it, was
0: it was it was fairly obvious that mm. something was going to happen. Yeah,
3: so right back to the comedy. Um, I, I really enjoyed the comedy as well, but I did want to point out there was a couple of times it went just a little bit over the line. Like uh, the, the scene where, and it's in the trailer, so I must follow you. The scene where the, um, Black Widow picks up Cap's um, shield he says, I'm always picking up after you boys, was a bit like, I felt a bit like, oh, I can't get over yourself type girl. <laughs> but, but, but on the whole, the comedy was spot on. It was just a few times like that where it was a little bit too far. They felt like they're a little bit too...
0: I thought the Captain America's anti-swearing thing was, was hilarious the first time, very funny the second time, and then it's kind of just sort of...
3: No, when when I, Nick
0: Fury does it later on, in the, I was like, oh I do
3: God. like a recurring joke, yes. I didn't mind I that. So do I, yeah. I like
0: a recurring joke, but, but there was like four or five instances of the same thing. But, it, but, it, was,
1: it was a good one, though, because once again, it's still informing you about Cap and yeah. what Cap's like. And it's not and, so and,
3: much the recurring joke, it's it's Cap's reaction to it every yes, time. Yes. It's like, oh, come on, <laughs> I'm right.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, so I want to talk about the one character we haven't actually talked about.
0: Yet. Yeah, I, wondered, I thought we'd all talk about one big thing, yeah. Um, Ultron. Yeah.
2: Um, one of the things I really appreciated about this was that up until in all the previous Marvel films, up until this point, the villains have been um, okay to um, sort of middling. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I've en- I enjoyed Hugo Weaving as the Red Skull, and Loki started to grow on me more in the Avengers in the second Thor film, but there ha- uh, but there hasn't been um, a truly mesmerizing villain, someone who could really go toe to toe with any of the characters um, until this point. You know, even Ronan in um, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, just felt like a, a stock, a cardboard cutout, mm. um, Darth Vader wannabe. Yeah. Whereas Ultron, first of all, a grand villain, but very well played by James Spader, and as
3: much character involved in him as mm. any of the Avengers.
2: Yeah, so I actually I got a sense of a character, but a villain who could go toe to toe, and he does mm. um, with the Avengers, and that they are, that he was someone who could. Um, possibly beat them if they don't pull the, if they don't pull themselves together
0: hmm. um, yeah
2: uh, truly every time he's on screen just
0: couldn't look away very See, well it's, it's interesting to say that because I've, I've got a sort of when Crystal and I were talking on the way home we did our, our three good things hmm. three bad things and Ultron for me was a good thing and a bad thing mm-hmm. um, I loved like I said memorising James Spader brilliant all that sort of stuff he looks awesome hmm. you know uh, the, the, all the fight, all the scenes involved in him are all great. But so one of the things that sort of that sort of got me about Ultron is that he's just very human. Like his his mannerisms and his and his speech and stuff mm. like that are not like the Ultron that I'm used to. But you're to.
3: not gonna get James Spader to play him if he's not gonna be. Yeah, like exactly.
0: That. So so and so I sort of I had to, I sort of had to take that. Once I sort of got past that, I was able to enjoy it a lot mm. more. They do actually and I
2: do agree with that. But they did actually set up the whole idea that he had taken on um, a lot of Starks.
0: Yeah, exactly, and that's why I was—that's why I was eventually yeah. available to call cool. I mean, that plus the fact that it's a different iteration, so yes. they it can't be exactly the same, mm-hmm. and so that's fine. So actually, so the more once I was able to get past the, that first, that sort of that first hurdle, mm. I just I thought he was great.
3: The only problem I had with Voltron is just a slight design flaw in the in in the face and i felt the metallic face was a little bit too animated like mm. the lip syncing was perfect but um i would have made it look a bit more mechanical rather than the actual look like liquid metal kind of moving mm. that that's the only if i had to be really picky that's the only thing I Super really picky. Picky. Yeah.
1: <laughs> cool yeah. yeah i've got really nothing to add ultron was awesome like um, it was cut I, I'm, a little, <laughs> I'm actually a little bit like you yeah, the way I'd always imagined Ultron from the comics is that he's very cold and emotionless, and yeah. he's very monotonous in his way of speaking and everything. And um, but basically, from the tra- because of the trailer that they released, which had a lot of the Ultron lines in it, I was sort of like, oh, okay, they're they're clearly going for something a bit different. Yeah. Um, and as Crystal said, I agree with your point as well, Crystal. If you're gonna cast James Spader, then you're not going to go for the cold and emotionless version of the character. Despite that, they just managed to exceed what my expectation of Ultron would be. Um and I appreciate that through through obviously through James Spader, but also it's just some beautiful writing. There's some incredible yeah. lines that Ultron has But and, and, and as you, as Crystal said, his characterization was as strong as any of the Avengers, and that's really what, what you want from a villain. Like clear motivations, a clear understanding of how his mind is working and why he thinks what he's doing is right hmm. um, is always a, a bonus for a villain.
3: There are a couple of times I thought it was a bit as if um, what if Alan Shaw was mm. a psychopathic robot? That's not a bad thing. Absolutely. That is a bad thing. That's a bad thing about
2: me. I'm going to destroy every single one of you, and I'm going to do so wantonly and notoriously for all to hear. <laughs>
0: That's so true. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, no, he is he is magnificent, and uh, you know he deserves the accolades. It should he have
3: gave. been a, a slightly older, shorter little robot that came on. So, <laughs> with, so see we'll see the finish up with cool. final
0: thoughts and ratings. Um, I just, just one of the highlights for me was uh Hawkeye's storyline. Yeah. Um, okay. actually. So, Hulk is my least favorite member of the cast. Um, Jeremy he, Renner he's a bit boring. It, well, no, I mean, I love I love uh, archery. I've started archery. All right, so you know, I love I love the bow and asper arrows, and that's all that sort of business. It's just I just I'm just not a big Jeremy Renner fan. I'm afraid I don't I don't dislike him. He's not Sam Worthington, but it's, <laughs> he's just he's just the weakest of the crew, I think. And um, he actually gets some moments to shine. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually I actually got a bit scared for him. That's that's just how I, how more in, more invested I became in his characters because when they introduce. Or when they go to the farm... Oh, how can I do it? When they go to the farm, they introduce some new characters. And in the Ultimate Comics version of that, that very same sequence, (laughs) it doesn't end well. And I was actually kind of like, no. No, there's no way they're (laughs) going to do this story.
3: David actually Uh, was sitting in my ear, this (laughs) doesn't go well. This is not going to (laughs) go well. I had the same thought, the exact (laughs) same thought. And I
0: was like, and logically it couldn't, because the person who does these horrible things is not that not that same person. And anyway, I I can't give I can't talk about it without giving anything away, so I don't want to talk about that.
3: But, but those of you who have read that will know yeah, what he's talking yeah, about.
0: Yeah, yeah. And anyway, so um but so yeah, but there's there's just extra extra moments with Hawkeye that I think really flesh him out a lot. Especially he's his discussion with Wanda when Wanda has a bit of a breakdown. And just, she's a bit overwhelmed about it all, which is fair enough, she's not a soldier. Um and he sort of ex- he sort of explains it's like well I'm a normal guy and I'm out there and I'm just I'm still doing yeah. it you know I don't want to give it all yeah. away because the dialogue's awesome so it's, he's gone from my least favourite to my sort of mid favourite because <laughs> he does a bit full obviously
3: my favourite's still
1: Tony Stark <laughs> <up. laughs> can I just bring up one thing I actually didn't like about this film and yeah. there wasn't there wasn't a lot well, that this, I didn't well this is like. our final thought yeah. so go for there it there wasn't a lot that I didn't like the, the, the one thing that did annoy me a little bit in this film um, was the ex machina nature of Nick Fury Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody Mm. Nick Fury. Um, Like, really, Nick Fury didn't need to be in most of this film at all. No, Maria could have done
0: exactly everything he did. Yeah,
1: yeah. And he shows up, there's there's one point in the midpoint where he shows up and gives some information and makes a rousing speech and all that sort of stuff. And I'm thinking, you know, they could have found a better way to get this information into the film. And the speech should have been made by Captain America at that point. I, I thought, no. you know, like he, he's no. the guy that should be that should be rallying rallying the troops when when they're at their low point. Um, and it's just like he just shows up out of nowhere, gives some information, <laughs> gets them all back on track, just 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 so they can get off, uh, uh, you know, can can get back into the film. And, and that kind of annoyed me a little bit because I thought there's there's better ways they could have done that. Yeah, and yeah. then he shows up again towards the end of the film, which is not as bad, but once again, it's just like, you know, just when things are down, Nick Fury shows up and saves the day. It's a real ex-machina kind of stuff um, that no, I, I could have done without.
3: I'd have to disagree. Coming from just watching the movies only, it, I, I would have been disappointed if Nick Fury had not been in the film. Why is that? This is for the same reason I would have been disappointed watching Star Trek if Spock hadn't shown up. Right. Yeah. It's just. Mm-hmm. It's just. He's. He's a part of the thing. He needs to be there. Oh look, okay. I've got no
1: problem. I've got no problem with him being in the film. So he's like a grounding.
0: So he's like an anchor for you. It's like so he's, yeah. because it keeps continuity.
3: And it's Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Come on. I, got, I got no problem with him being right. in the film. Don't get me wrong about that. Like, yes, yeah, Samuel L. Jackson is awesome, and he I has he made found it, was a bit more,
3: it. It was a bit contrived. I, th-
1: I yes. think that there's there's better ways they could have done. it yeah, than there's, what they did. Right moving it, on. Moving
0: on. Rayne's Crystal you gave it.
3: Um, i it up. I'm going to, I'm going to settle on three and
0: a half. Awesome. Richard?
1: Other than my ex-machina complaint earlier, I absolutely love this and I really enjoyed the introduction, like I said, of my favourite characters right at the start of the review. Um, I'm going to give this four. Luke?
2: Um, like you said, Dave, this shows all of strengths and all Wheaton's flaws. Strong character and dialogue, plotting and pacing occasionally a little weak, um, For instance, the Hulk fight, which is cool, but the Hulk Iron Man fight, a cool fight, but it felt a bit drag. It felt it dragged that moment
0: on substantially. Yes, because I think I think they realised just how cool it was. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a, a very
2: nicely filmed um, fight sequence, and Drake stands up there with um, the fight in the in the Avengers first Avengers film in my mind. Um, But overall, I actually really enjoyed this one. I prefer it to the first one because I was
0: enthralled right from the get go. I give this four cool awesome yeah there's i mean there's some of the the josh whedon strengths that we mentioned the comedy is is spot on and not intrusive as much as it was in the first film but yeah there are some some things that sort of sort of let it sort of let it down but it is it is absolutely awesome and a great addition to the to the marvel universe chain and i uh, highly recommend it and i also give it four
3: yeah, go to, sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. <laughs> it is a it is a great moment.
1: <laughs> points points to Marvel, they are on a real roll at the moment. Their last few films I think have been really good.
3: Yeah.
0: We'll see what happens with Ant-Man. That looked that looked interesting. The top I mean, of the, the trade end, the looked top of like the trade a trade is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to <laughs> group review number two Daredevil Evil on Netflix. Alright, the Daredevil TV show is the first series in a planned Project of Four series, which will then culminate in The Defenders uh, when they all team up. So you've got uh, Dare- this Daredevil, um, Luke Cage, uh, Jessica Jones, and Iron Fist, which is pretty cool.
1: I'm looking forward to I can't
0: wait to see Iron Fist. <laughs> I want to go full on 70s martial arts. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's going to be brilliant. And, uh, and I'm interested to see how Jessica Jones gets, how they actually pull that off. They're Netflix exclusives, and uh, but they are part of the Marvel Universe, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, much like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and uh, Agent Carter, which is a cool show.
3: Is it all right if I go on a, little, a tiny little mini rant here? Oh, by all means. The, this um, this Marvel Universe and, and different business deals and everything, it, I think it's... Why can't they just sort of drop it and have everything in the Marvel Universe be Marvel Universe? Because to the average... Pleb going to the movies. It doesn't make any sense that the the two mutants in the Avengers film aren't allowed to be called mutants, and Quicksilver is completely different to Quicksilver in the X Men <laughs> films. Fangirl rage! <laughs> I'm actually quite That's... proud. I've
0: never been more yeah. in love with you.
3: Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, so yeah, so just if you, if you're it's... marketing to the general public, yeah, they don't care about that stuff. I know,
0: but just make big, it make sense. Big business gets in the way, I'm afraid.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, Marvel, almost going bankrupt in the 90s, saw them sell, selling off their rights to all Ruined of these characters. And, um, I mean, on that note, you know, Marvel and Sony have made a deal in relation to Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. so hopefully so it's so that, thing. So that's a start, at least. But, um, yeah. but you should you know, have big to corporations... understand all their
3: background stuff to work for real, what the to understand why the, the movies are a bit different.
0: Yeah. yeah. I can see how it can be, can be confusing for some people, but... As long as you get to enjoy some good the stuff. The X-Men's
3: Quicksilver was better.
0: The x Men Quicksilver was better. You're right. I agree. Poor Aaron taylor so We just slammed him. Anyway, back to Daredevil.
3: I didn't say he was bad. <laughs> I just said the X-Men version was better.
0: No, okay. I said he was bad. <laughs> and you were right. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's a Netflix original uh, and uh, in conjunction with Marvel, and um, it does tie into the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh which, uh, and it does it in some really cool, subtle ways, which I quite enjoyed. It stars Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock, Daredevil, or the devil of Hell's Kitchen. Alright rad. Uh, Deborah Ann Wall, a- yep, Deborah yep. Ann Wall as Karen Page, who you would know from True Blood. Uh, Alden Henson as Foggy Nelson. Vincent D'Onofrio, the uh, man. Yeah, as Wilson Fisk. Now, you want to talk inspired casting in a Marvel project? What a legend. I have no doubt in my mind that that guy is on the verge of a mental breakdown. <laughs> well, he's already <laughs> had one. Yeah. Has he? Oh, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. See? I'm not shocked. I have not that's surprised. That's why he had
3: to take a break from his uh, long and oh, order, isn't
2: it?
1: it? Sorry. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's
0: right. Uh, yeah. Toby Leonard Moore is J- James Wesley, who uh, I quite quite enjoyed. He was pretty good. Uh, Bob Gunton as Leland Owsley. Uh, I knew Vondy, Bob. Vondy Curtis-Hall as Ben Urich, what a champion. Um, and I'm just going to skip to one more person. I'm not going to say everybody. I just have to mention Madame Gao, played by wai Chin Ho, because I bring her up again later on. Yeah. So in keeping with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's uh, sort of a more realistic sort of take on how this sort of this sort of thing would happen, like a superpowered being in, in New York City uh, takes place after the events of the first Avengers film and, like I said, subtly references these sort of things. Ben Yurick is a reporter and uh, he reported on the events and in his office he has uh, cutouts from the front pages of the newspapers. So you've got uh, Rage in Harlem which is, uh, references the Incredible Hulk film and um, the Destruction of New York which references the Avengers film, which is pretty cool. And the the whole premise is based off the Avengers film. So the, event, so the Destruction of New York is caused uh A lot of business opportunities for shady characters who are going to basically rebuild the destruction so uh, uh and sort of gangland influences on the construction industry and stuff like that whereas, which is where the kimping steps in who wants to uh, he has a vision to remake uh Hell's kitchen, which is the area that he was he uh, originally grew up in he goes off to live on a farm at some point but without giving anything away and but when he he so he wants to sort of remake Hal's kitchen into a into well, uh, has he claims to a viable, thriving community? Um, but of course, being a gangster, it's, it also involves lots of crime and horrible things happening. So the the little people have to suffer so that you know the the, the majority of people can can prosper and stuff. It's interesting. He's an interesting character. Char- Charlie Cox says Matt Murdock. So Matt Murdock is uh, and his friend Foggy Nelson are lawyers. Uh, they are very very good at their jobs, but and, but they decided that instead of taking some high priced lawyer so instead of working for just you know for some standard sort of firm, they decided they want to you know make a difference in house kitchen and fight for the little people and and so they set up shop in there and they meet Karen, who's uh, run into a bit of trouble. She's come across some information that she was not meant to see, uh, and she decided that uh, she wasn't going to take it anymore. <laughs> and she's she was and uh, because because she's seen this information, uh, they try to try to frame her. And so she's like, well, screw this, and uh, spends the rest of the series trying to bring the kid big down. She's, she's feisty, I like her. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's a twisted cool. sister. She's what? She's a twisted sister. She's, she is indeed. So Matt Murdock is a uh, daredevil, is, as all the comic readers will know, uh, is a lawyer by day and a crime fighter by night. Uh, and it also deals with uh, the psychological aspects of that. And, in, and also, in uh, an, an interesting sort of twist, religion. Uh, religion plays a major part in the, in the story with the themes, and this is why he becomes a devil sort of the devil motif and stuff, but mainly because he do, he's, he's Catholic and he has to deal with the guilt of the damage that he's inflicting on people and mainly because he enjoys it. He enjoys hurting people, uh, but only the bad people. And so is that enough to save his soul? And so he has some very sort of sort of inner demons. I like killing, but
3: only if they're bad. No, no, he never, all right. he never kills.
0: So it's he's, he's very important that he doesn't kill, but he, he then he has to struggle with the fact that he... He enjoys the violence and he's good at it, <laughs> which is good because there's a couple of times where he needs to be good at it or he's in a bit of trouble. Um, so that's essentially it. I have seen the entire series. Uh, it's, been, uh, it's been a huge success. Uh, Netflix uh, rolling in the dough now. <laughs> is, is there
1: anything that Marvel does, Marvel Studios does at the moment? That isn't just like a license to print money. It's oh, exactly. no. no matter what they do, it's a massive success. Well, I'm waiting to see how Iron Fist goes. <laughs> Iron you Fist know is Iron Fist, a- is, Iron Fist is a niche, a niche sort of situation. Okay, I'm sorry. They made Guardians of the Galaxy into the biggest grossing movie of last year. That is year. true. I'm not saying it can't Z- be done. Z-grade characters. <laughs> you know, Iron Fist is going to be a massive success. So is Alias, so is Power Man, so is Defenders. How just do you think a part in. of the, gal- the Galaxy uh, success is because
3: the characters aren't all that well known, so it was brand new to many people. Yeah, mm.
1: that could be a big part of it. That Absolutely. Is, that is a
3: very good Absolutely.
0: point. Absolutely. Very, very tough point. Cool, yeah, so it's, a, so it's a huge success, and it's. It, uh, and it's also a critical success, which is important because, yeah. you know, you, you've only got three more series to go. So.
1: It, it's starting to wash away the taint of the Daredevil movie with Ben Affleck, which was how a big Daredevil fan <laughs> described that show to me. <laughs> <The taint. laughs> um, it, does, it does
0: ignore the event. It, the, the Daredevil movie never happened, and, uh, yeah. which is good. It sort of established itself fresh again uh so like i said i've seen the whole series uh, uh crystal's seen none of it and Richard and Luke it's have seen not my fault. we've seen a few episodes <laughs> <laughs> the, first, no. the first couple of episodes so yeah. do you want to just uh talk about your sort of first initial thoughts on the sort of stuff and then also, oh, yeah you
1: know, stuff. Um, marvel have just kicked butt when it comes to casting in this show mm. um from from matt murdoch down everybody that i've seen to date perfectly cast it's awesome to see bob gunton too by the way i've always liked bob gunton so but it, it just seems like it just seems like they can do no wrong here with casting in daredevil um i like the fact that they've managed to tie it into the greater universe but still give it its own feel and 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 not lose that sense of of what establishes daredevil as different from the rest of the Marvel Universe. It's like, a lot
0: darker than the rest of the it Marvel is, Universe. It is, yeah. That's actually yeah. one of my critiques, is it's very dark at times. It is an MA-rated show, mm-hmm. um, and it's in, but it's still clearly
3: part of the Marvel Universe. And, and, it's, and that's it's like you're saying, great. it's the Batman of the Marvel Universe. It's, yeah. it's definitely the Batman of the Marvel Yeah,
1: universe, and, so. and, the, and the, mani- the fact that they've managed to find that balance between mm. making it darker and grittier and grimmer and everything, while still going, yeah, no, it is still part of this universe, you can still see the connections, mm. um... I think I think is fantastic, Uh, and credit to the producers and the writers for actually being able to pull that off. Um, I I like the fact that it's it's telling a a, a bigger story as well, and that that story is playing off the events of of the movies. I'd see I I would love to see this kind of continuity, honestly, in the comics. Mm. That that sent that continuity whereby (laughs) well well that continuity whereby this is its own show. You can watch the show without having seen any of the other stuff. Yep. You don't need to know everything that's happened in all of the other Marvel movies and TV shows in order to watch Daredevil, but if you have seen that other stuff, there's some nice little hints to say, yeah, this is a shared universe. Yeah, there is continuity here, but but we're not, you know, we're not forcing you to watch everything. The nice else. little
0: hints are awesome. Yeah,
1: because you're only a couple of episodes
0: in, eh? so yeah, some yeah, some of the yeah. some of the classics. But yeah. one of them is. Uh, it's just it's just one guy. We're not dealing with a guy in a suit or a guy with a hammer. <laughs> and uh, the other one, the classic, the, the best, the best one I thought was um, flashes back to them at college. Uh, Matt and and Foggy at college, and uh, they're talking about how Matt took a Spanish class because he's fluent in Spanish, and the only reason he took it is because he wanted to uh, get closer to the Greek girl. <laughs> yeah, he's nice. Like, you, you were just obsessed with that Greek girl. What happened to her? And
1: and Matt's like. Oh, I didn't work out. <laughs> and that is of course a reference to Electra, which yeah. is
0: awesome.
1: And you've seen that, like I mean, we've been watching um, Agent Carter, which I've really enjoyed. Yeah, it's cool. And stuff. you and you see that as well, little little connections here and there without without the need to watch anything else. And and even like the stuff in Agent Carter, which you then see in the in the Black Widow flashbacks in Avengers. Yeah. Which I thought, you know, like I, I love that sort of stuff without forcing you to do anything else. I wish the comics did that. I wish the comics acknowledged that yeah, we've got this shared universe, but not everything has to be a massive crossover where you've got to re- 50 titles to actually know what's going on um so um yeah so I've loved the casting I love the continuity um, I love the fact that they're able to tell a smaller story um, in the wider context of the big issue stuff that's going on in in things like Avengers but still keep that story self-contained within the show as well now obviously I haven't seen it to the end so I can't comment yet but so far my initial um, impressions are this seems to be another winner. Hmm. for Marvel and obviously it has been from a as you say from a financial and a critical success but from from my personal perspective it's a bit of a winner as well at the moment
0: yep
2: yeah um one of the things i really appreciate this is that they right from the outset they make matt murdoch whilst he's been, whilst he's a top-notch fighter um unlike say captain america or even in the other universe in arrow he gets into a fight he gets hurt Mm. When he gets hurt, you know, he takes stabbings, he takes beatings, and the second episode actually opens up with him beaten to a bloody pulp and left in a dumpster. Yep. Um, that's not giving things away. That's, that's how the second episode opens up. So right from the outset, you're saying this is a, a hero who actually has to take a few licks before he gets his own. Mm. So it, it sort of makes him um, a little more vulnerable, and a, it's that you're able to relate to him a little bit more Mm. Um, and sort of understand where he's coming from and they do a a really good job with Matt Murdock as a character and Daredevil in particular not to make him so invincible that um, he is beyond the means of um, uh, identification which I think is a really important thing if you're going to do a street level series. Um, I also appreciate the fact that Netflix have decided that they're not going to just treat the audience like idiots and that they're using their budget to an almost HBO level. So they're trying to do m- movies on, on a smaller scale. Um, and a terrific example of that is in the second episode where Matt is in, in, uh, in the Devil Guys, is completely annoyed at um, a group of gangsters over a kidnapping. Has just fed up. Yeah. Walks into one of their, um, their strongholds, shuts the door behind him. You hear, sa- you hear muffled sounds of um, bones breaking and, um, and fighting. Suddenly, the door bursts open as mad is thrown back. Fight takes place in the corridor. Um, he and the gangsters then, ch- uh, then go into another, then fall into another room. Yeah, the same thing happens, just one long, continuous shot, but it's a way of saying, this is, all this violence is going on, but we don't need to show you everything. We're actually going to show you the impact of it more than anything else, but give it to you in as cinematical way as possible. I think it was
0: more or because it is one. It is it is one of the one the of most famous scenes from the show so far. Is mm. this continuous take? Mm. I mean, they actually don't have a take until right at the end where uh, he does the flip. Yeah. So the flip is actually clearly is clearly mm. not him. So. That's pretty damn impressive. And mm. during that sequence, the bits where it goes off into the rooms, it's, yes, it's cinematic and it's not nice storytelling and all that sort of stuff, but I think it's also a chance for Charlie Cox to have a breather yeah. and, a, and a quick oh, drink break <laughs> his back into yeah, it, because that's, it, that's, that's, it's him doing it. Mm. And, uh, and, uh, I, just, I think, I think it worked very well with sort of behind the scenes yeah, no, and thematically. As yeah, no, that, that's,
2: but like I said, it, yeah, the, the, the strength of the show really well is... They're not treating their audience like idiots. No. They are trying... In spite of the fact that it's dark, they're trying to treat it with a mature, as mature as possible, so it's not adult meaning adult, lots of sex and violence. It's adult meaning um, a deeper characterizations. And um, not having seen the rest of it, I don't know quite know how the, the series itself will pay out, but keen to see beyond this as well. A couple of little teething problems. Um, the first episode, they feel like, it feel like a bit of an imbalance between... Um, uh, the action and the character moments. The, there comes a point where you said they're going okay. Need something to help keep the plot moving on. But having said that, still really enjoying um, Charlie Cox's performance. Um, yeah, Charlie Cox's the a-
0: Revelations is the first thing I've actually ever seen him in. He's in Boardwalk Empire. He's Fire. in Boardwalk for two seasons, and he like, has bits and pieces in British television. It like must be in- later seasons because I haven't because
2: I've he's seen, seen seasons I've three seen, and four. Because I've only saw, seen
0: yeah. season one. Okay, cool, fair enough. Sorry, not um, se- season two and three. Sorry, not season three and four, two and three. Okay, fair enough. But he is he is good. I, I very much I very much like the fact that he's a sighted man playing a blind man who has to pretend that he's a sighted man. <laughs> so, so he's got this really cool thing where he doesn't because uh, blind people don't look you directly in the mm. eye, but he can see directly. <laughs> so he's kind of so he's kind of he's not looking them in the eye, but he can clearly tell exactly where they are mm. at all moments and stuff, mm. which he then of course attribute to his powers, mm. which uh, it's uh, so very well done. He's very and, good,
1: and he plays up that that arrogance that Matt Murdoch's always had in their yeah, comics Yeah, yeah, he's well. not the
0: nicest guy in the world.
1: He's He's actually, to be honest, he's actually quite a bit of an arrogant prick at times, yeah. and they've captured that really nicely, actually. Yeah, they,
0: sort of, they, they lessened that a little bit later on without sort of ruining it for you, but it's sort of, when you have sort of a, there's a very pivotal, Matt foggy sequence, yeah. um, which you know, you're very smart people, I'm sure you can figure out what happens, and it's and so, that, so, so, so they sort of loosen them up a bit during that sort of bit which right. is pretty cool it's um, good it's
1: nice to see character development as well so
0: yeah that, the character hilarious. development stuff is good so yeah so like, so like i said i've seen it all so um you, you're all you're both on the money exactly on the money and exactly, that's essentially is what happens um is um i think the they i think they made the exact same idea the sort of thought that you had is, is sort of the teething problems at the start mm. and and I think, but my, my, one of my only, only sort of real criticisms is I think that sort of goes a little overboard. Mm. Is they sort of they dial back the action, and just have these ridiculously long conversation scenes. Mm. Is where so sort of, they repeat the same thing. You know? It's like you don't need to have. I mean, as much as character development is awesome, and you know, it doesn't have to be action, action, action all the time. It just it would be good if the conversations don't go for seven minutes. Yeah, the bar- I, mean, seven, I mean, seven minutes of air time. Mm. Is precious information. So, in th- the conversation could have t- taken place in two minutes, mm. but for some reason, it just goes, just goes on. That
3: actually it sounds like a positive to me.
0: Oh well, there you go. So, <laughs> there you go. That's, that's interesting. You said that. So, so, so that's. Uh, I guess that that's, that doesn't really work for me. Uh, it is, and there's also um, in just. A, I actually had a nerd rage moment where uh, um, one of the main characters. Well, I guess it's def- your definition of a main character. But anyway, one of the characters dies. Obviously, it's not mad, <laughs> um, and I was furious. It was like this is, this there's just there was just no need for this to happen, and it just I think it stifled future storytelling. You know what I mean? So um, I don't, don't want to say anything else on the matter because I don't want to give it away or even hint at, who, at the possibility. But it just it just really angered me, and not because I was in love with the character or anything. Um, it's just it just. I just, just didn't think it worked in the story. I Just it was just it was like you know cutting the nose to spite the face sort of situation. It really got me really quite angry. And so that's unfortunately sort of, sort of then carried on uh, for the rest of the show. Um, Bo, uh, a couple of his criticisms that he uh, was he really liked it until the end, and then it felt a bit rushed at the end. And I do kind of agree with that. The end set, the end episode is quite rushed where the show sort of sort of close a whole bunch of stuff up, um, but it's. It's pretty standard with you know TV shows of this nature. So I mean, it's it's clearly sort of leading to the next the next sort of season, which which they've announced there is a season two. So, and I do think that they it you know it takes thirteen episodes to do what could have been done in ten episodes.
3: You guys and you, you, you like everything concise, don't you? You don't like any extra little bits that this <laughs> is no it, need. It's
1: not extra little bits. It's unnecessary yeah. extra little bits that we don't like.
0: Um, yeah. So I'm just trying to be very conscious of not giving anything away. So it is it is. So to keep keep your mind this because you're pretty much you're on the money. That's basically right. how it's gonna go. But I highly recommend it. It is it's a little too dark in the sense of the grand Marvel universe. So when you've got situations like the Avengers, it sort of it doesn't I don't think it sort of fits very well in that sort of sense. It's like if you if you go to see all the sort of the colourful, action-y type stuff that you sort of use, and then then you see this, you feel like, it's kinda of like, oh maybe it's a little it's not really it's not for kids sort of mm. stuff, it's kinda of a little too dark. But it perfectly fits. The world of Daredevil mm. and the urban crime situation that he's in. Yeah. And so I've uh, got no problem with it. It's it's it, it is it does what it does for a reason. Um, but I highly recommend I highly, I, can't, I can't recommend it enough. It is it's a must see. Cool. We've been spoiled for choice for T V recently, it's good, so mm. we'll talk about a bit more about some T V in a in a future episode. Are you
3: gonna rate it?
2: Oh, it's four out of five. I'd give it three and a half out of five based on what I've seen so
0: far. Yeah. Enjoyed it enough yeah. to want to watch. There's watch been out. some complaints about his suit, and uh, I don't know. I don't really see the problem with it. It's it's standard. I've thing. I've
1: only seen I've only seen the photos of it yet, so I'm waiting to see it in the context of the show, because I find that sometimes you see a, a photo of a of a superhero and you're like, that eh, looks pretty bad, and then you see see it in the context like like the Vision yeah, in yeah. Avengers. I saw the photos. I'm like, eh, I'm not sure about that, but when you see it in the movie, it's like. No, that actually really works for me. So yeah, yeah. That's, I'm waiting for that yeah, in Daredevil as well. I mean,
0: it's just it's very much a cinematic version of the suit. I mean, they're not yeah. going to put him in his red lycra suit for crying no, out loud. No,
3: cool. That reminds me, we forgot to talk about um, a Black Widow's tron suit. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> what was up with that? Um, I, it, uh, going back to so, just go, very important to going back to our, our Iron Fist obsession. Very important nod is that Madam Gao is like a seventy year old asian woman and yeah. and wilson and she's she she gets fed up and she says fuck I'm, she can see says bugger and i'm out of here <laughs> and uh, and wilson says are you going back to china and she goes oh no i'm going i'm going i'm going back home which is a much further place
1: oh no nice. it's,
0: awesome. I mean, it's just clearly couldn't learn clearly i mean it doesn't say it but i mean she 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 takes a dude out just by basically just touching him and she's nice she's untu- it's just, yeah it definitely could learn. And so I, I want her to start with getting in face. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Nice. Cool, so let's move on to Solar Review. Awesome, for our first solo Review it's going to be me. Yay! Yay. The most important member of the crew. <laughs> uh And I'm doing a comic review. Haven't done one of those in a while. Uh, I uh, was recently made aware of uh, the comic Cannons in the Clouds from Alterna Comics uh, which is available on Comixology. Link in the show notes. Um, and... Uh, I liked it. I liked it a lot. It's, uh, I I mean, somebody I follow on Twitter uh, mentioned it and uh, I mentioned how I was interested in giving it a read. And then uh, the creators of the comics followed us on our Twitter, which was pretty cool. So we got in contact and it was good. Uh, It's uh, co written, it's got two writers, co written by Daniel Woolley, who has worked at uh, Ape Entertainment, and uh, Anne Gresham. Lives in Arkansas with her husband and too many cats. <laughs> and he's a librarian. There you go. Very cool. Solidarity. Solidarity. The rise of the librarians. Um, and it's illustrated by. Oh, I'm, I apologize if I get this wrong. It's George. It's spelt George Donis, but because he's from he's from Guatemala, it's probably got some sort of fancy sort of aspect to it. Donis. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It's probably. Yeah, yeah. Anyway,
0: sorry. Uh, the story is a sort of a. a sort of a steampunky sort of setting. It has a sort of a a, a kind of steampunk as if done by Studio Ghibli uh, sort of theme to it, which uh, is pretty cool. Uh, The setting is uh, Nova Cielo, uh, the wealthiest and most powerful city in Plio, and is the capital of the Novian Empire after a long and bloody war, uh, which resulted in the unification of the known islands under Novian rule. What that actually means, translated, that that just sounds like some you know standard fantasy fare. But what it actually is is it's some sort of post post apocalyptic situation with Earth, where huge land masses have been thrust up into the sky, and so you've now got people living on islands in the sky, and they and uh, and it's gone back to a sort of a simpler, like I said, steampunky sort of age. Uh, so where you got pirates and. And, you know, massive galleons and stuff like that that sort of go around the sky and stuff.
3: So when you say islands in the sky, they're floating in the sky or yeah. on the top of a mountain?
0: No, floating in the sky. So how do they stay up there? I don't know. I'm only five issues in. Okay. it hasn't. It's yet to be revealed. Um, and the reason I say post-apocalyptic, because it's never actually stated that that is the case. Um, so there's this actual time period is is not, as far as I'm aware, not stated. But um, uh, the main character runs across this old, you know, repent, the end is coming type of guy. And he has uh, a document that looks like it's being written, been drawn by a two-year-old, that essentially shows a nuclear war, <laughs> and uh, which I thought was just awesome. So uh, that's, that that lead me to the to that it's actually post-apocalyptic modern Earth, which is now up in the sky. I could be totally wrong. Who knows? I, I mean, I'm like I said, I'm only five issues in, but that's what I that's what I come across.
3: But you're always right. But I'm always right.
0: That's very true. <laughs> no, you're um, wrong. <laughs>
3: uh,
0: it's home to many important families, including the war hero and captain of industry, Chester Windborn, who's awesome. That's a cool name. The dude's got a monocle, <laughs> uh, and his wife and daughter, and uh, the aristocracy are thriving here. But corruption and st- uh, and steadily increasing civil unrest, breeding woes. Our main character is Sila Windborn. And uh, she's awesome, man. She's she's plucky and and sort of. I mean, she's she's a teenage girl, so she's got the, the sort of the teenage girls sort of the stuff. It's like you can't tell me what to do, and you know, she she just wants adventure and all that sort of stuff. But never in an annoying way, which I thought was awesome. So I mean, you get to see so many of them these days, especially in like you know, CW productions. <laughs> it's just like, oh my god, someone killed this person now. Like the worst is the the his sister from Arrow. Laurel, Spe- no, Laurel, no, 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 no sister, Thea. Thea. It's like, please die.
1: Um, so <laughs> that's, a, that's interesting because we've been saying that about Laurel, but I actually quite like Thea.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, anyway, but but no, but but, but Sela. Uh, so uh, how, do, how do you write this? S E L A. S E.
3: S-E- there's yeah. multiple ways you can pronounce that. Seelah, Sailor. Yeah,
0: we'll go with so, um, and, and But she doesn't, she doesn't do it. She's, she's likeable throughout. I mean, she does some silly things, but that's what teenage girls are meant to do. mean, Teenagers do silly stuff. Uh, but she is awesome. And uh, she's some sort of gymnastics genius because some of the stuff she does during the, during the comic uh, a normal human would, <laughs> would be finding very hard to do. But she's cool. Uh, but she just wants adventure.
3: But these are also people that live on islands in the sky. <laughs>
0: that's yeah. That's very true. That is so true. That does come back later on. Yeah. Well, well pointed out. It
3: make, maybe there's uh, it's easier to do that sort of yep. stuff that high up. I don't know.
0: And uh, as a as an old man, I, I guess it's my chance, my, my my time to do an old man sort of statement. But I also quite like the fact that she's not drawn in a ridiculous, comicky way. Mm. I mean, she's not all boobs, and you know, it's it's she's she looks like a, a normal, everyday, average teenage girl and she's cool well she's got she's got multiple friends but her her main male friend is uh, Robert Cadman uh who is a teenage boy blonde haired teenage boy looks us of like Justin Timberlake who um <laughs> is and uh he uh is a workman so one of the, she, well, she's she's an aristocrat so she's a, a high boy, and, a, and one of the major major things is, is that her mother wants her to be you know a respectable young lady and all that sort of stuff, you know, dresses, ball gowns, and you know, balls, and all sort of stuff. And and of course, she she all she wants is adventure, and you can't tell me what to do and all that sort of stuff. Um, anyway, so uh, Rob and his brother uh, work on the ships and the and the docks and the wharves and all that sort of stuff unloading unloading cargo. Kind oh, of, I, I actually think no, actually, yeah, they're they actually they're working on the bridge. Uh, Salas' dad is uh, is an engineer and is uh, he's getting a bridge built between two of the main islands um, and they're working on that and the the civil unrest people blow it up and he's Rob's brother gets caught in it and, and dies but Rob survives and then goes on to help see a little adventures uh he's awesome he's got a cool ability with this, what he calls the ribbon I think which is it's not quite a rope but it's, it's something they just sort of they use to sort of get around so he's essentially he's got like Indiana Jones with his whip it's pretty cool and uh Captain Jenny Avery who is uh, the infamous, beautiful, deadly pirate queen. <laughs> she's awesome. So she used to work. Uh, she, was, she was involved in the, in the war at one point, but she, she's now captain of her own ship. She's kind of basically she's kind of a female Mel Reynolds sort of deal. If you sort of picture that, yeah. So yeah, and, and uh, of course she's awesome. Yeah. So then the major character like I said, Sola has multiple friends. She also has another friend who's a uh, blonde girl, and she she embraces. She's also of highborn and that sort of lifestyle, so ball gowns and all that sort of stuff. Um, but they're still friends. They live next door, and she does end up helping her out at some point. Uh, so, like I said, this, the major storyline is the civil unrest. So the the bridge is being built. Um, it gets blown up by the by the bad, the major bad guys, and Salah gets uh, gets involved in it in some in some point. Uh, she runs away from home because of fighting with her mom, and uh, ends up on uh, Captain Avery's uh, pirate ship and uh and captain avery likes her pluckiness and, <laughs> and she gets she gets involved but but basically she basically says well i can't i can't take you back now so you're gonna have to come with us for now but then as soon as we get back you're gonna have to leave um and uh but then uh, adventures in 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 shoe it's uh it's it's a lot of fun is like i said it's it's that sort of um sort of studio ghibli sort of sensibilities about it i mean there's there's uh
3: so is the pirate ship an airship.
0: Yeah, it's a water ship, so it's a galleon in the air, um, and it's it's. I mean, it's never explained. I mean, I guess at some point it will be explained, but it's how they actually managed to stay afloat. I don't really know, and I'm I'm intrigued to see more about this repent guy because this paper that he shows, which I think indicates that a, a nuclear war in the past, is uh, like I said, is very crudely drawn. I mean, the, the art the art in this in this is is beautiful. Um, and uh, it really, definitely, it suits uh, the the storyline and the setting and stuff. It's, it really is top-notch stuff. Um, but this this particular drawing is just so crudely done. I'm just intrigued to know why. You know, it's, it's it's kind of like a lot of lines of you know that science fiction book where the guy finds the dude's shopping list and yeah. then they turn it into yeah, yeah, <laughs> and turn it into a religious text. Yeah. I think it's something like that. It's like some kid's drawing. And then he's like, "Whoa, hell, sort of stuff." I'm hoping it's something along those lines. Do they ever
3: talk about the, the underworld, like the?
0: No, no, no. no. no it's, it's even got. It must be so far into the future that evolution has moved on. Because if I'm right, it has to be set in the far future, or it's a completely. Or I'm completely wrong, and it's a whole different world because they've actually got flying fish. So you actually get Nemo-type clownfish mm. with wings.
1: Mm. That's cool.
0: Uh, right at the start, which is awesome. She's like, I finally made this a catch. Well, I guess she goes fishing. So I'm not too sure. It's 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 up in the air. Boom tish. I just did that for your own benefit. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, but I'm sure we'll find out. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm five issues in, and uh, and I'm loving it. I, I highly recommend that uh, uh, anybody uh, check it out uh, from Comixology. Like I said, we'll have the link uh, and support them in, in any way that you can. Um, and uh, I highly recommend it for... Um, for female, for for girl readers who are interested in getting in the comics who aren't interested in, in sort of you know the the superhero sort of stuff, which there's plenty there's plenty of good superhero type girl comics as well. I mean, Batgirl, for example, is, is doing really well. Squirrel Girl is awesome. <laughs> Read it. Um, and, uh, Squirrel so, girl. girl. Squirrel <laughs> Girl. <laughs> great stuff. And I love Devil's little cards. <laughs> <laughs> Pop-up sort of info cards. Anyway, um, it's, it's good stuff. Uh, but yeah, I highly recommend it for, for parents who are interested in um, their young ones, you know, boys and girls, who, who basically want an adventure story that it's you know it's not too heavily violent and there's no swear words, and but it still is... You know, a, a great sort of rollicking adventure. It's, it really... I, I can't recommend it enough for that, sort of, for that sort of thing. Did we suddenly
3: move to the rainforest?
0: Yeah, no, it's weird, isn't it? <laughs> and we're not that far in the country. It's not like we're in the country of Victoria. It's weird. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, yeah, so thanks to uh, the guys from uh, Alterna uh, for introducing me to your, to your work. It is uh, highly recommended. Um, like I said, check it out from Comixology and uh, support them any way you can. You won't be disappointed. It really is great stuff. Hmm. Four out of five. Cool. Uh, let's finish up. We're coming soon. In cinemas, April thirtieth, we get One Eyed Girl, which is an Australian film.
1: About better girl with one eye. About Leela. Uh,
0: and uh, Unfriended, which is a film shot so entirely from the perspective of desktops, which is sure going to be surely going to be awesome in a sort of paranormal activities type vein.
3: Modern um, well, Family recently did. Well, I don't know. Recently, but I recently saw an episode of Modern Family that did that, and it was I quite liked it. Really? Yeah. I didn't think it worked. No, yeah, I think it worked really well. Yeah. well, there I you go. Seen Modern Family. So the um the, the the FaceTime video was probably a lot clearer than what it would be in real life. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's cool. It's amazing how
0: clear it is in the movies. <laughs> <series.
1: laughs>
0: and that's it for episode one forty. Hope you liked it. We did. Well, did we?
1: Do we? Do we like this episode? I have to say that. Um, uh, on the Luke scale, I'd give this episode probably three and a half Lukes. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I thought my comments were certainly the highlight of the episode. <laughs> of course. And, um, what a shock! <laughs> look, I would have given it—I would have given it uh, five Lukes, except for Dave's presence on the show, which I thought really diminished it a little bit. I give the show
2: infinite times
1: zero Lukes. Oh Jesus! Hang on. Anyway. it's still zero Lukes. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: it for episode one forty. That's it for me and the crew. Good job. <laughs>
1: I still give my, my comments five, looks. Luke, Avengers up! <laughs> Crystal.
3: Please be a secret door. Please be a secret door. <laughs> yay,
0: yay! Go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. The fact that he actually says yay. <laughs>
3: is, that's, that's why tough. I like Tony stuff. Cool. Bye. 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 You've been listening to Nerd Culture Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email to
0: feedback at nerdculturepodcast.com.
3: You can run on our wall if you go to the Facebook page. Go to facebook.com forward slash nerdculturepodcast. Tweet us at nerdculturecast. Skype us on Nerd Culture Podcast. If we don't answer, leave a message, we might even play it on the show. You can comment on any post on our website.
2: www.nerdculturepodcast.com
3: If you'd like to support the show, use the Amazon affiliate widget on our website to do your Amazon shopping. It doesn't cost you any extra, and a small percentage of the profit goes towards helping us to produce our show. We can see what you buy, but not who you are, so your privacy is assured. Check out our videos at ncptv.net or search for NCPTV on YouTube because we also have a YouTube channel. Don't forget, you can rate, review and subscribe to the show on iTunes. Wondering where you can hear more of Bo? Go to
0: ecnradio.com.
3: Bo and David also have another podcast called Film Flams. More info at
0: www.filmflams.com.
3: You can find all of our podcasts and more at undercastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more episodes.